Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I'm so glad that you are joining me today, and I want to make sure that you remember that you can find all the shows on the website as well if you're not able to listen to them in its entirety. And so make sure you check out the website. This week is a series on relationships, and so they will all be loaded hopefully by the end of the week. All right. So we talked yesterday all about relationships, why God wants us in relationships, how we connect God's way. And so today we're going to really talk about being made in the image of God, because one of the best ways we do relationship well is if we understand who we are and understand how we are made, understand the value that you have as a human and how important you are to God and how, how beautifully, wonderfully made you are. And one of the most amazing things about God is his desire to be in relationship with mistake-making humans. And that is quite a miracle. When you think about what he has gone through to be in relationship with us, has, has everything to show as to how much he values us and why relationship is so important. And we talked a little bit yesterday about the Trinity and that whole three-in-one and how well all three of them get along and what it would be like if, if they were fighting. Imagine if the Trinity, imagine if God was fighting with the Holy Spirit, didn't get along with the Holy Spirit, or didn't get along with Jesus. And so when you think about how powerful relationship is and how healing relationship is, One of the reasons the Trinity works so well is that each part of the Trinity knows exactly who they are, and they're not trying to be the other part. The Holy Spirit isn't trying to be God. Jesus is not trying to be the Holy Spirit. Everybody has that really clear-cut identity of who they are. So when we look at being able to do relationship well, it has everything to do with accepting ourself so that we are better able to accept others. And that we know ourselves, so we know who we are in the relationship. And we are not getting those boundaries confused. And we're not trying to be somebody that we're not. One of the most powerful things about a healthy relationship is that you are doing your side of the street well. And you are being you, the best version of you. So John, chapter, um, the book of John, chapter 8, 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So do you know the truth about you? Does your truth line up with God's truth? So what you believe about you, is that what God believes about you? What you know about you, is that what God knows about you? So we really, truly want to know the truth. And the truth about us sets us free whether it's good, bad, indifferent. God knows us 
completely, accepts us completely, loves us completely and deeply. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. So if God loves us, even knowing us deeper and more completely than we could ever know ourselves, then we need to practice knowing ourselves. We need to be accepting of ourselves. And we need to not be afraid to know who we are. So knowing the truth about you is one of the most powerful things you can endeavor to do. And it is one of the ways that causes your relationships to be deeper, more authentic, more honest, and more fulfilling. So who, who is God, right? So we think about who we are, but who is God? Because when we know God, we better know ourselves. So who, who does God say he is? Well, he says he's the Alpha, the Omega, the Prince of Peace, our Rock, our Deliverer, the Almighty, the Son of God. He describes himself as the Lion and the Lamb, the Mighty Ruler. He says he is the Lord, your God, Jehovah. He's the Healer. He describes himself as the Bread of Life. He's the Captain of the Host, the Word of God, the Bridegroom. So... God has no identity problems. He really knows who he is. Jesus has no identity problems. When, when Jesus was here on earth, he really knew who he was. And we've talked in previous shows before how powerful it is that, that Jesus had that really strong ego. He never lost sight of why he was here, who he is. He never made excuses for who he is or who he was. And he was authentic in every interaction he had with people. So we know that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. That's powerful. That's powerful. So we know we are not these things. And yet, God says we are made in his image. Now that, in and of itself, if we just simply focus on the fact that we are made in God's image, that in and of itself should help us have a really good self-concept. That in and of itself should take away insecurity. Realizing that we are made in his image. Now, obviously, we are not living up to all that he has made us to be. That's part of the work that, that Jesus does, that the Holy Spirit does, that God does in our life, is to help us be really who he intended for us to be. But if we start with that as the foundation of who we are, that we are made in God's image. I really want you to let that sink in. That you are, that, that is the platform, the bedrock of your identity. That you are made in the image of the Almighty, the creator of everything. You are made in his image. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, though we do not have all of God's qualities, we are like him. We are similar. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. 
That, that is really powerful when you really let yourself think about that and take it in and recognize that every time you walk out of the door, you go interact with different people in your lives, you're by yourself in your own head to remind yourself that God was so excited that you were born. He was so excited about what he created. In fact, what's so fascinating to me or kind of awesome, inspiring, I mean, overwhelming, is when God was creating me in my mother's womb, he knew every second of my life. He knew every moment of my day. He knew every mistake I would make. He knew all the faltering I would, in, I would do. And he was still very happy that I was born. That's how he feels about you. He knows every moment of your life, every cell in your body. And he was pleased that you were born. So do not let the enemy, do not let society, do not let relationships, don't let yourself steal from the magnificence that God sees. Because he sees past our sin. He sees past our failings. He knows who we are. And he was pleased, pleased that you were born, that I was born. So I want us to look at the ways we are like God. Because that's part of where our identity comes from, is certainly emanating from God. So there are six ways that we are like God. Number one, we are creative. We wish to continue to expand to express ourselves. And that doesn't necessarily, it's not relegated to just artistic endeavors, as in painting or music or any of these types of things. The fact that we like to create things, we like to make things, we want to be bigger than who we are, that expansive feeling. We want to leave a legacy. That's part of being made in the image of God. So we see this with King David. He was a very accomplished musician and poet, and he wrote many of the Psalms. We also see this idea about being creative is the desire to procreate. That's where that comes from, procreate. So all of us have a desire to replicate ourselves just as God desired to create us. King Solomon, he built the huge temple that was, that was magnificent. And so you want to think about it happens also in, in, in the opposite direction, where it's making of idols. We have the story of Balaam. We have the golden calf. That this is, this is, this is a sinful way of being creative. And we see Jesus in the beginning of his life, originally he was a carpenter. He created things. So the second way that we are like God is that we are relational. And we really see that in, in the Trinity, how wonderful that relationship between the three is. And so we have a capacity and a desire for deep, meaningful relationships. This is why it's so painful when our relationships aren't working. Because part of being made in the image of God is being a relational person. And many of us, and we've, 
we've talked on this show before about the fact that many of us have been hurt so deeply that we say, you know, I don't want to do a relationship anymore. I'm not doing them any. I'm not doing them again. I'm not going to do it. Or we've let ourselves down so much that we want to try to separate ourselves from from ourself. We want to get away from ourself. And so the the unity, the feeling when you really connect with somebody, you know that feeling. That's part of being made in the image of God. And we see in in um John the the relationship between Jonathan and David. They referred to each other as soulmates. And that was in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 4 if you want to see that. And and it talks about that they were closer than brothers. We see also this 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 issue with Absalom wanting to kill Amnon because he raped his sister Tamar. And that relationship that he had with his sister, he it was highly protective. And he wanted to kill Amnon because he raped his sister. We also see God's love for his people in John 3.16, right? The famous verse John in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He so loves us, he gave his one and only son. And in John chapter 15, verse, uh, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this. Greater love. There's no greater love than the love of God. And this is love. Not that we first loved God, but God first loved us. And that's First, uh, first John chapter 4, verses, verse 10. This is the great love God has for his people. He is such a relational God that he has done everything he can, moved heaven and earth, died, died to be in relationship with us. Have you ever loved someone so much you wanted to die to be in relationship with them? That's how God feels about us. And we also see in John chapter 15, 15, that Jesus loved his disciples as friends, not servants. Jesus came to the world to be in it and to be relational and to be friendly. And so we really have to remember that Jesus says he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is our friend and he's always working on being in relationship with you. Even when you're not trying to be in relationship with him, he is constantly working on relationship with you, pursuing you. That's part of the Holy Spirit, the pursuit of you, the desire to be with you. So let's look at this. What's, what's, a, what's a third way that we are made in the image of God? Well, we are spiritual. And, and we desire spiritual connection. And so you see throughout history, throughout the world, and throughout the Bible, there are examples of man searching for God. And if they don't find the one true God, they make a God. And they make gods in their own image. So this whole idea, this whole need for spirituality comes from God. That's part of being made in his image, is that regardless of what religion you may pick, what you may pursue, you will worship something. 
And that's really important for you to understand is that you will worship something. You want a spiritual connection, a connection with something bigger than you. That comes from God. And unfortunately, part of the mission down here on earth as Christians is to help people know the one true God because they will worship something. So we really see this idea, this throughout history, that, that people are, are searching for God. And Psalms verse 23 three says, He restores my soul. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28 talks about you can kill the body, but you cannot kill the soul. This is such a powerful concept that once God created you, you will never cease to exist. That, that, that's, only God can do that, and we don't, see, we don't see that God does that. You either go to heaven and live with him forever, or you, go, or you go to hell. So this idea that you can kill the body, but you cannot kill the soul, this is why we work really hard on this show about the care of our soul, to, to really, truly work on that spirituality piece. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, 26, it says, Yet he forfeits his soul. See, if we refuse to do the spiritual work, if we refuse to do the spiritual peace, we forfeit our soul. Our soul remains, but we've abandoned it. So what's the fourth way that we are like God? Well, we are emotional beings, just as God is. And we have so many examples of the emotionality of Christ and how he did all the different emotions so well and so deeply and so completely. And so we see in 2 Kings uh, chapter 13, verse 3, the Lord's anger burned, burned. And in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 14 through 46, is the example of God's frustration with his people, how frustrated he felt. And we talked about Absalom's anger. That's part of an example of, of that emotionality in humans. And we also see sadness that God was, was, has felt sad. And in John 11, chapter, 30, uh, chapter 11, verse 33, says Jesus felt sadness when Lazarus died. Jesus was able to feel all the emotional, completely, all, the, the entire realm of every emotion that humans could possibly have, Jesus was, was able to do and did well and did it without sin, which in and of itself is a miracle to me. Because emotions many times can lead us into sin if we are not careful. So we have so many examples of sadness that, that we are emotional beings and that we have felt anger, sadness, anxiety, and fear, as well as happiness. And so we have all these emotional realms that God wants us to do completely and without sin. Now that is... That's an endeavor that we all are taking on. So let me give you some examples of, of anxiety and fear. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, we have Elijah. He's fleeing for his life because he's so afraid. And 1 Samuel, 
the 20th chapter, David fears for his life. In Matthew 26, verse 39, this is when Jesus is praying to his Father for another way other than the cross. He sweat blood because of the anxiety and the fear and the upset he was feeling. So we have so many examples of how emotional humans are and that we get that from God. God is a very emotional being. This is why he has such great love for us and why he was able to lay his life down for us. So what's the fifth way that we are made in God's image? Well, we are volitional. That means we are able to make choices. And this is one of the, the areas that God is constantly working with us on is the fact that we can choose poorly or we can choose well. And this is where we want to take always advantage of our relationship with God, that he is the God of wisdom. He helps us choose well if we will participate with him in the choice making. So we see Adam and Eve, very significant choice they made that plunged us into the world we're in right now. They made that one fateful choice. And so choice is really one of the most amazing examples of power that humans have, is that of choice. And so this is part of being a healthy, a, a healthy person, a healthy adult, is how we exercise choice. How do we do that? How do we do that well? And how do we recognize and take responsibility for the fact that we are volitional creatures? We have choice. All mammals have choices. Humans have more choice available to them than any, any other creature on the planet. And that is a power that should be really respected and not taken lightly. And so the sixth way that we are like God, made in his image, we are capable of rational, evaluative thinking. Genesis uh, chapter 6 verse 5 says, God thought about us, he made a decision. Luke chapter 2 verse 19 said, Mary pondered these things in her heart. And Job, chapter 13, verse 3, this talks about Job desired to reason with God. So being made in the image of God is an awesome and exciting thing, which, quote-unquote, should produce feelings of confidence, security, hope, contentment, happiness. But few of us feel these feelings on a consistent basis. And many of, we have to work at achieving them. So we're, we're going to talk more tomorrow about this whole idea of self-esteem, self-concept, because the better our self-concept is, the better we're going to do relationships. So I want to make sure that you join me tomorrow as we talk about self-esteem, self-concept, self-worth, because you are valuable. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me tomorrow. I really want you to have a great day, and I look forward to talking with you tomorrow about your value. God bless you today.
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.